morning and happy Sabbath tabernacle of praise. This is the day that the Lord has truly made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it this morning. Let us stand as we usher in the Holy Spirit as we sing Sabbath rest. Father God, this is your time. We're your people. Lord, we invite your Holy Spirit to come into this place and tabernacle with us. Cancel every assignment of the enemy, Lord. We are here to lift you up, Father, so that all men and women can be drawn unto you. Be with your worship service today. Let yokes be broken, hearts lifted, Lord. This is our prayer in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. You may be seated. And happy Sabbath again. We're so happy to see that God has blessed you to make it through one more time. We have come to worship God in spirit and in truth this morning. I don't know about you, but the Bible says those that choose to live godly shall suffer persecution. If you have made Jesus your choice, you have become an enemy of of Satan. But because of God's grace, he said his grace is sufficient. And the fact that you made it here this morning is a testament to the grace of God. And for that, you need to give him some praise this morning. Amen. We welcome you to the house of God on behalf of our pastor, Pastor Fields and First Lady Melody Fields. We greet you in the name of Jesus. All those that are watching online, we welcome you to the Tabernacle of Praise, the place with the open door where everybody is somebody and worship is truly a joy this morning. As you know, our pastor is on assignment today. Amen. But I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit is, can be everywhere at one time. Amen. Our worship isn't predicated on certain people, but it's predicated on the fact that Jesus died for our sins. And that for that, I say thank you, Jesus. Well, just in in terms of announcements, this coming Wednesday, we're not going to have our regular prayer service, but we're going to have our area-wide prayer service. So we'll tune in on our Central States Conference website or on Facebook at 7 o'clock. Amen. Because we're going to be intentional about our pursuit of holiness this year. Amen. Amen. 
No longer are we just going to kind of glide and float through life, but we're going to be intentional in making it to heaven. We're going to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Amen. This Wednesday, Pastor McKenzie is going to bring forth the message. Amen. So this is a time not just for you and your family, but this is a time that we can invite someone to our prayer service. Every time the, door, the church doors open, that's a time for evangelism. Amen. As a matter of fact, every time that you walk out of your house and open up your mouth, that's a time for evangelism. Amen. So we want you to be an electronic evangelist and invite somebody, share a link and save a life. Amen. What do you say? Amen. And this next week, for those that will be going to the marriage retreat, we have several couples that will be going from Tabernacle of Praise to the beautiful Lake of the Ozarks. So we want you to pray for us. Amen. Amen. So at this time, we will want to recognize anyone having a birthday. Had a birthday this week. Raise your hand. Having a birthday. All right. Praise the Lord. Come on in here. Deacon Miller. Going to have a birthday tomorrow. He's going into a new decade. He's joining the 60 Club. First, he's joining us. Amen. God is good. God is good. Let's sing happy birthday to Bobby. Don't forget Andrew. And Andrew. And Andrew. Amen. Happy birthday to you. Stand up, Andrew. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday there anyone visiting with us for the very first time? I see somebody. Somebody said me. Oh. <laughs> amen. Amen. We're all family here. We just want to once again thank you for joining us in worship today. Let us continue in our worship service.
Amen, amen. It is good to give God the highest praise. Hallelujah. We are grateful for all he has done. We see the evidence of God in our life because we are here. Just for that reason, we can just say hallelujah. We can see the evidence in our lives that, that God is still working on us to prepare us to be with him forever. For that reason, we can just say hallelujah. But sometimes, you know, we, we think about the things that we're going through. We think about the things that the devil is putting us through. We think about the things that we would like to accomplish and achieve in life and how tough the road is. And sometimes we forget that God is still in control. But one thing we do know we can do together. We can come together as a body of believers in prayer. What do you say? The Bible tells us to let our requests be known unto God. And then it says, if you will stand still and be patient, you're going to see God move. It says for you to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. In other words, watch with your eyes and listen with your ears and be open with your heart of the things of what God is going to do. But today, that's what we're going to do right now at this moment. We are going to make our requests be known unto God. Not like we haven't done it before, but we're going to do it differently this time. We're going to make our known, our requests known unto God by activating the thing we haven't done this week. Our faith. What do you say? Amen. The Bible says that faith moves God. And it says faith that you will experience with God, you will see that mountain or that challenge or that issue moved in your life. And as a result of that, we will give God praise and we will reap the benefits. Are you, are you listening? Come on with me down to the altar if you will. If you want God to do something special for you, come on down. If you want to experience the power of God, come on and activate, activate your faith. If it's one thing that God loves, it's his people utilizing their faith. He said without it, he cannot be pleased. But with it, good and marvelous things will happen in our lives. Spirit of the living God, our Father which art in heaven, holy and reverend is your name. 
we believe that your kingdom is coming so today let thy will be done as you have blueprinted from heaven now we actually expose it to us on earth now give us this day our daily bread for Lord we give you and worship you and give you praise and honor to whom it is due for what you have done already in our lives Lord, we ask that you lead us not in temptation where the evil one is near. We ask that you, God, will stand, put up a standard against him so we can worship you now in the beauty of your holiness. That our worship won't be in vain because you are going to ignite something from your spirit in us. That we can draw closer to you. And that our hope won't be built on nothing less but Jesus Christ and his righteousness. We ask God today that you will incline thy ear unto your people. And as we hearken unto your altar, into your sanctuary, into the most holy place where Jesus, our high priest is, we ask now that you take this word, these words of this servant that is standing before you. And that you will embrace it and you will converse with your father and the Holy Spirit. And you guys make a third decision about answering our requests. The first thing, God, we're going to ask for is forgiveness. Our sins are ever before us. And sometimes they sometimes conquer us. But I am so glad that great is he that is in us. I am so glad that you said that if we confess our sin, you will be faithful and just to forgive. So we ask for forgiveness right now. The next thing God will request that you heal us. Somebody, Lord, who's been dealing with all kinds of types of pain in their body. Diseases come, Lord, unexpectedly. Things happen, Lord, and we don't even realize it may be a part of our diet or whatever the case may be, but we believe in the supernatural power that you have that you can give us right now so we can continue to worship you God touch our bodies please heal us Lord we don't really know what else that we can ask for that is greater than forgiveness and healing because that's our survival kit so now we just say the name of we just say his name Now that we have said your name, we believe in faith that your spirit has been poured out and there's people around this altar, God, who have some certain specific particular needs that only you can provide. And God, you said that you will supply all of our needs. 
So we just give you back your word and ask that you are manifested in our lives so we can just give you more glory and worship you to show the world that you are real in our lives. So God, we ask that you take your word, what you said, what you promised, and we ask you to bring it forth. That somebody can witness the power of God other than ourselves. We love you, God. Thank you for loving us first. Now we're going to continue to worship you and the beauty of your holiness. We're going to continue to give you praise. We're going to continue to give you glory. And for that reason, allow us to benefit the results for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Good morning, church family. Good morning. Happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. Amen. How many want to be successful in life? Raise your hand. You want to be successful? I invite you to join our 12 Steps for Success class tomorrow at 5 p.m. Look at your announcements or see me afterward for our Zoom ID. Everybody's welcome. We've seen some great things happening in our group. People are becoming more successful and more knowledgeable about success, and we would love to see you come and join with us. Amen? Amen. Also, I want to remind you of our Backpack Sabbath, July 29th. We got a lot of young kids here, students, and they need some supplies for school, right? You can't go to school without supplies, so we're going to help them out. And this, this month, we're asking you to bring in crayons. So we want you to do a little extra bring in about 15 packs of crayons because we're trying to uh, help 200 students. 200, we've been doing a great job. I thank you for your monetary donations. I thank you for your donations of supplies. And we're doing really well, but we don't want to fall short. Right. So continue to bring in those donations, and we're going to have a blessed time. And I know that the students will be blessed also. Amen. Now is our time where everyone can participate. Stewardship time. And what are the four T's of stewardship? Time, talent, temple, treasure. Everybody has those resources from God. And God expects us to use those resources and return them back to him in the various ways that we can witness to him through the use of those resources. Now I want to point something out to you. You know the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is just that little extra Ordinary, extraordinary. It's just a little bit extra. A little bit extra that you and I can do to go from ordinary to extraordinary. Ordinary just means normal. Everybody's normal. You're born being normal, right? I have a, I have a sign on my refrigerator that says, why be normal? Why do you have to just be normal? Do you serve a normal God? Has God not blessed you with extraordinary talents? Let me point something out to you. When we use our stewardship of time, there are the ordinary people who show up late to all the meetings. They forget about the meeting even though you've reminded them three or four times. And they don't respect your time or theirs either. That's ordinary. 
But extraordinary does a little extra. Extraordinary person plans their schedule. They use their phone to put it on the calendar. They set the alarm. And they show up early to the meeting. Because they realize being on time is late. So they show up a little bit early and do that extra. Don't be ordinary. Do the little extra that makes you extraordinary. What about your talents? Sister said that everybody's not born normal. That's true because we all have talents from God. Mm -hmm. But many times people sit on the pews and they sit on their talents too. And those talents never come out to the glory of God. And they just say, well, I'm no good at nothing. I don't have any talents, and I don't want to do this, and I don't want to participate in that. That's ordinary. Any old dead fish can float downstream. But what do extraordinary people do? Extraordinary people say, I know God has given me a talent, and I'm going to find out what it is so I can use it to his glory. Now, we're going to have that spiritual gifts inventory coming up next month, I'm hoping. I want to see everybody come in to do the little bit extra to find out what is my talent, what am I good at, what has God blessed me with, and then how can I improve it so I can use it for God's service. Mm -hmm. Don't be ordinary. Do the little extra that makes you extraordinary. What about our temple? Ordinary people say, you got to die of something. Mercy, mercy. So I'm just going to run around partying, drinking, drugging, and ask God to keep the consequences from me. That's not going to work. I can tell you that. That's not going to work. But what do extraordinary people do? They learn about their bodies. They understand that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. They understand that our duty is to present God a living sacrifice, holy and without blemish, spotless. That's our reasonable duty. So we learn about how the body works. What will this food do for me? What will that food do for me? How will this food harm me? How will too much of this hurt me? And then we do the things that are best for our bodies. It takes a little effort, you know, to do some study on nutrition Takes a little effort to exercise, drink water. Takes a little ex- exercise to get out and breathe fresh air. Get your nutrition in. Rest, proper rest, and then trust in God. It takes something extra. Don't be ordinary. Be extraordinary. And what about our treasure? Ordinary people are broke. <laughs> That's ordinary. Ordinary people are $20,000 in debt. Ordinary people have three credit cards maxed out. That's ordinary. But extraordinary takes the little extra steps to learn about finances. It's not a secret. Money works the same for wealthy people as it does for anybody else. They've just done what's extra to learn how money works. And they've done the little extra to improve their talents to get that promotion at the job. They've done a little extra to find out how can I finish school so I can get a much better job than dropping out. It takes a little bit extra, but it's worth it. So don't be ordinary. 
be extraordinary. Do you serve an almighty God? Can God not help you in your desire to do extra for him? All of us are called to be stewards of God, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't want us to just be ordinary because he's not an ordinary God. He wants us to do what's extra. It's going to take you some effort, but it's going to be worth it, and God is going to bless you, I promise you, if you seek to do extra for his glory. Let our deacons come forward for the morning's tithe and offering. Continue to be faithful in tithe and offering. We're doing great. We got our goals set. We're moving towards that goal. Let us continue to be honest, faithful. Set aside your tithe and offering before the day gets here. You can give on our cash app at dollar sign T-O-P giving through adventistgiving.org or you can return it in your tithe and envelope to our deacons. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the privilege of being extraordinary servants for you. We thank you for the privilege of being extraordinary witnesses for you. We thank you for the privilege of being extraordinary stewards for you. Thank you so much for the tithe and offering and all that is being given. We ask and pray that it will be used for a worthy purpose of spreading your gospel message to all the world in this generation. In the blessed name of Jesus, amen and amen.
believe that heaven appreciates your worship. <laughs> to testify to the world that you believe that God is still in your life, and just for that reason, you're blessed. I believe that Jesus is in the most holy place now. Have to step out of it from interceding just to appreciate and inhabit your praise. For you to testify in the sight of men that even though that you're going through stuff, even though the devil try to beat you up and beat you down, you still look at the glory of God and say, still, I am blessed. Y'all yeah. hey, see we about to get into something real good this morning, right? And not because of me, but because of God, the Holy Spirit. Now, I just feel the Spirit in the place. I feel the anointing right now. You, I'm telling you, ready or not, here come the Holy Spirit. That's my testimony, too. I am blessed. If I could say it in two words, I would say, Jesus saves. Day has been a beautiful morning thus far. I promise you that I will not be taking too much of your time since Sabbath is at sunset. Amen. <laughs> so we will just hear what the Lord has to say. Amen. All right. All right. Man, I feel good, Percy. You guys, let me, let me just tell you why. I've been in pain all week. And last night, I had some episodes that, and Percy know, that's why I call Percy name, because he know what I'm talking about. There are some things in your body, man, just don't feel right all the time. I've been waking up three and four times out of the night, Percy. You know what I'm talking about. That's why I can stand praising God now, because I'm blessed. You guys, you, you ain't got to believe me, but you and my wife can testify. Waking, up her, waking her up out of her sleep because of the pains that I'm feeling. And, man, all the uncomfortableness. And, man, you just don't know I can't wait for Jesus to come. Well, I don't have to experience no more pain. Ooh, okay, God. I'm still in worship mode. You guys just don't know. Okay, God, transition me to teaching mode in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, here we go. You guys love the word of God? Okay. Now, you know sometimes the word of God can offend you. Uh-huh. But the Bible says that all of it worked together. Yeah. You know, like the Matrix, just, just 
just to mold you for you to become who God yes. wants you to be. Yes. So that you can be fit for his kingdom yes. when he come back. So the word of God is not trying to offend you in your flesh. No, that's not right. Yes, he is. He's trying to offend the flesh because he wants you to live in spirit. Does that make sense? The Bible tells us, hey, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, the flesh is the thing that war against the spirit and it wants you not to make it into heaven. You don't believe that because this is how the devil operates through the flesh thinking that you should have and think you should get and achieve and, and you entitled to whatever. And the spirit is saying, no, what is all that? Because your sight is not heavenly. Okay, let's get into the world. Come on, y'all ready? Come on, let's go. Go to with me to 1 John chapter uh, 1 John chapter 2. Watch this, you're going to see it. 1 John chapter 2, and let us stand for the word and the word of God. And I'll read the first verse, you read the next, and we'll read the last one together. Amen? Amen. We ain't going to do anything different from our pastor. Amen? Okay, First John, are y'all there? Okay, it says in verse number 15, it says, Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Mm -hmm. All together. And this is Let me read that last verse in a different in a different version. It says, and this world is fading away. Along with everything that people are craving. But anyone who does what pleases God, that's what's going to live forever. For a moment, we want to think on this topic for the rest of the evening. Fix your focus. Every head is bowed, spirit of the living God. We ask now that you anoint your message that we may grow together in our sight of you. So open our eyes that we may see the glimpses of truth direct from thee. We believe you have in your hands the heavenly keys. So we ask that you will unlock these chains and set us free. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So... If, if, if I can be honest and if you can be honest at this moment, we could actually have prayer and a benediction and go home, right? Because the text speaks for itself. The sermon is already preached. You don't need some man like me to, to be telling you what you already know. Haven't you heard sermons before? You say, oh, I heard that before. Uh, some preachers say something like, yeah, I heard that before. And you even read some things in the Word of God. Oh, you didn't seen it on the screen in church. You say, yeah, I didn't seen that before. And I didn't seen that before. God, I didn't heard that before. Haven't you felt that way? Yeah. Tell the truth. Yeah. 
Y'all know I'm sitting here this while a lot of y'all ain't saying nothing. Y'all figured me out already. Okay, understand this. When you have that attitude, you didn't heard this before, you didn't seen it before, you didn't heard it before, you didn't seen it before, you didn't read it before, and it's really not nothing new to you, and you got to ask yourself this question, well, why does God keep bringing it back to me? Why am I keep hearing it before? Why am I keep seeing it? Why am I keep seeing this? Why am I keep hearing it? Because God's answer is this. You're not doing what you're hearing. You're not doing what you're seeing. God said you're not applying it to your life. So I, I got to treat you just like a three-year-old. I got to keep instilling it and prying it to you so you can get this thing, so you can grow up. See, a lot of people in church, they grow older, but they don't grow up. As a matter of fact, you know, let, let me say it to you this way. There's one thing to be a fan of God. And there's another thing to be a follower of God. Does that make sense? See, in church sometimes we get so happy and caught up to our emotions. Oh, because we want God to make us feel good. That's just you just being a fan of God. We know what the power of Jesus can do, but he don't want you to be just a fan. He's saying every week you come up in here and I'm preaching and teaching to you and you're having this beautiful experience and you're in the power of God's holiness and he's important to you and you still know to apply these things? That's not discipleship and that's not a follower. That may be a good, a good sermon, baby, not to be a fan. Somebody, a fan but not a follower. A follower, not a fan. Somebody write that down. This is going to be one of my next sermons, probably. So the Bible says that, you know, so the Bible, so, so here we go. Let's get into the lesson. Let's get into the lesson. The question is, do you not know that there is an evil being desiring your service? You know that, right? There is somebody that's out there so evil. His name is Satan. You all supposed to say it with me. His name is So you know that. That's an evil being that's desiring your service. Meaning he desiring your life. He desiring your worship. He want to take you away from God. You believe that? But understand this. But the Lord has warned his followers not to invest their time seeking only temporary earthly goods. The Bible just says, hey, hey, don't love the words and do the things in it. He said, don't love it. In other words, don't break the first commandment. <laughs> Thou should not have anything before the Lord. Check this out. Sometimes the human eye are deceived by Satan. With driven lust, with the driven lust that he sees and the things that he sees that we just crave for and want so much on the earth, the devil look at that and says, aha, I got you. I see what you want. I see what you desire. I see what you focus on. Let me play a game with you. So he'll distract you, he'll distract your mental focus from the heavenly attributes, 
with, early, with earthly consumptions. How many of you praying for, God, let me have a little bit more patience. Lord, I, I need some long suffering. God, I, I, I need a little bit more of your love and to be gentle and to be meek and to be humble. In other words, how many of us is praying to be like Jesus? But no, we're asking God for stuff. You, you'll get in a minute. You'll get. As a matter of fact, I'm going to show you something real good. Go to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Look what the Bible says in Luke chapter 12. I want to see. I want you to see a couple of stories, and we're going to bring this thing home. I told you I'm not going to be long. Luke chapter 12. The Bible says, uh, starting with verse 16, we're going to read it through verse 21. It says, and he spoke a parable to them, saying, the ground, the, uh, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, having, what should I do since I have no room to store my crops? And so he said, I would do this. I will pour down my bones and build greater. And here I will store all my crops and my goods. And look at verse 19. It says, and I will say to my soul, soul. You have many goods and laid up for many years. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. Verse 20, and it says, But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose Will those things be which you have provided? And then verse 21 says, So is he who lay up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. And let me, let me go on and break that thing down. God is saying that in verse 21, he's saying, Yeah, there are some fools out here. They will gather all earthly goods and won't have a rich relationship with God. That's foolish. Because you don't know when is your last day on earth. And you study trying to get more stuff. When you already have, when God already provided more than what you need. Does it make sense? Don't you eat every day? Do you live up under a bridge? Don't you have clothes to wear? You ain't out there looking like Tarzan or something? And here we are, still trying to get more. Go to Luke chapter 15, please. Luke chapter 15, we're going to start with verse 11. I want you guys to see another little thing. This man... Number one, God had already provided for him. He's like, man, I got all this wealth, all these crops and all this, but I don't have enough room to store, so I think this is what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to say to myself, himself, I need bigger boys. I need a bigger bank account. I need a bigger this and bigger that. So he did that, and the Lord comes to him and say, man, that's kind of foolish. You don't even know, but tonight you may die, and you rather die trying to get stuff 
rather than trying to die loving me? Hmm. Here it is. Watch this. Go Luke chapter 15. He said, he said, a certain man had two sons, right? And the younger said to his father, Father, let me have the, port, the part of the family riches that will be coming to me. Listen to his. Listen to that. This man, number one, had the audacity to be asking his daddy for something. And, and, and look what happens. Then the father divided all that he owed between his two sons. Here's the punchline. Soon after the younger son took all that he had been given to him and went to another country far away. There he spent all he had on wild and foolish living. This is why God don't give some of us certain amount of finances. The Bible says that when he gave it to the, his son, the first thing he did was went far in the far country. He got away from his father. See, God sees sometimes if he gave you what he, you asking for sometimes, that you will leave him. And forgot where your blessings come from. And we'll start looking and we'll start living any kind, we want, uh, any kind of way we want. Outside the principles of God just to fulfill some foolishness. We ought to be thanking God because God knows us better than we know ourselves. And he loved us so much that he don't want us to be lost. He had the nerve, the number one, to ask his father for all that money. And because uh, the father loved him so much, he said, okay, I'm going to see what you're going to do with it. And he went out, left his father's house, just started parting it up, living. The Bible's wild, foolishness. And he thought that that was the best thing for him. And after all his money ran out, now he, 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 he's seeing, the Bible says he came to himself. Now all his money ran out. And he got low, he ain't got nowhere to go. Now you need your daddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to look at my kids for a second. Okay, let's keep going. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11. I'm just going to read that one verse. For, you guys get it? It says what? It says, but you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. He's saying, look. All the things that you're asking God for, 
all the things, number one, God said he would supply your needs. Isn't it evident in your life that those things have been fulfilled? Isn't God providing everything for you? But the devil have you focus on wanting more things and not more of God. Oh, man, y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. I, ain't, I didn't expect no shout cue right there, but that's okay. But understand something. When self is full empty, the Holy Spirit shall fix your fur. I didn't say it, it, it might or it, it shall fix your focus. It'll fix your focus on the things of God. And then you'll receive it with meekness, uh, the ingratitude word of God and it will give the Lord glory and honor and then look here once you realize that Jesus once you discover the atoning sacrifice what Jesus have gave unto you for you to be saved you should be glorifying God you should be saying man I need to fix my focus man what am I doing it should be a wake up call so let us Ask God for the right stuff. Yeah, yeah. Ask God for the meaningful thing that's going to last forever. Yeah. Not this temporary stuff that's going to burn. See, God knows it's going to burn, and what God is hoping that you don't burn with it. Because you want to be so clean to it. You want it so bad. So here we go. The Bible is trying to tell us to fix our focus to be connected with Christ. That he may bring righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost to you. So this is one thing I want to convey. Let the mind of Christ be in you. Christ's mindset was on two things. That's it. The first thing he wanted to do was please his father. Being obedient, you'll find that in, in Philippians chapter 2. Read the whole chapter. The only thing he wanted, he wanted to please his daddy. The second thing, where his mindset was, where his focus was, other than pleasing his father, was on all of us. When he started meeting the human flesh, you know, he's walking and he see Peter and, and Peter out there fishing. He said, oh, man, come on, come follow me. I'll show you how to fish, be a fisherman of men. That's, that's where his mindset was. Okay, watch this. Okay. Okay, God. Direct your focus on saving the loss. Not just pleasuring yourselves with things on the earth, please. Use your God-given gifts to influence and direct lives towards the Savior. 
eliminate these worldly attractions and allow the Holy Spirit to fulfill the will of God through you, brothers and sisters. Come on now. People are being deceived by Satan. They are headed towards the mark of the beast. Better fix your focus. Suit up, brothers and sisters. Suit up, Christian soldiers. And how can you be content seeing people going to Christless graves? How, why is it, why is the worldly impurities and defilement not disturbing your spirit? We are called to be salt and light. It's time that you fix your focus. The world is turning upside down and here come earthquakes and tornadoes and, and fires everywhere. And these of violence is, you know, it's just at a high status right now. Teenagers are being pressured and being misguided peers and, and believers are looking for material gain. You better fix your focus. The Bible tells us, look here. Keep your eyes on the prize. Christians, what is your prize? The Bible says that if you press towards the mark, what is your mark? If it's just to go to Macy's and get a nice dress and some shoes and a purse, that's your mark? It's just to drive a Mercedes Benz or a Lexus? That's your mark. It's for you to get that five, six, oh, no, no, we, we too poor. We live a three, 300 or $400,000 house. That's your mark. You better fix your focus. The evidence is clear. The evidence is clear. And it shows the signs of Christ's return. Have you ever looked at what's going on in the news? The evidence is showing you very clear. These are the signs of Christ's return. And the Bible is being fulfilled. And we're trying to still get stuff. Young Christians are in danger of forgetting that it is Jesus that began a good work in them. And for that reason, brothers and sisters, this is why it's so wise for us to diligently train them to do kingdom business. So when they get older, they won't have nothing else in their view but heaven. But if you're not teaching them the ways of Christ, if you're not living before them the things of God, I'm telling you, you better fix your focus. As even me as a teacher today, the word of God, I don't just study the word of God to hear from God and just to give you a message. The word of God is just for the people of God. And if it is just for the people of God, I got to put myself in it. Amen. So everybody get a dose of what the Holy Spirit's saying. But some ministers, man, I'm going to talk about you right now. Give me a close up. 
You standing in a pulpit thinking that the word of God is for you to teach the people of God. The word of God is for you as well. Nobody going to heaven. No first and second and third places getting into the kingdom of God. The Bible says we all will be called up together. And we'll meet our God in the air and we forever will be with the Lord. Ain't no big U's and the little I's and all this old kind of stuff. The word of God is for everybody. You better fix your focus, preachers. Give me 60 seconds, I'm going to be done. In Philippians chapter 8, chapter 4, go to Philippians chapter 4. Here's our final text of the day. It says, okay. Now, in my version, it says, okay, uh, one last thought. But this, it says, finally, brother, what it says, whatever things that are what? True. Isn't the word of God is true? Okay, okay, I'm going to wrap this up. Finally, brother, whatever things that are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things that are just, whatever things that are pure, whatever things that are lovely, whatever things of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be anything, think on these things, anything that's going to be praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Let me read it to you in a different version in NLT. It said, okay, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, what's right, what's pure, what's lovely, what's admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and praiseworthy. And then it says, keep putting them into practice. All the things that you have learned, all the things that you have received, and then the God of heaven and the peace of God will be with you. Now, in that verse, verse 8, when it says, whatever so things are lovely and pure and this, that, and other, basically it's saying, think on God. Put your focus on God. You, you don't see that in the scripture? Oh, let me break it down to you. When it says, whatever true, isn't God true? God don't lie. Isn't God honorable? Yes, because he's a king. Isn't God right? Because he ain't never wrong. Isn't God pure? He sure ain't unholy. Isn't God lovely? He ain't hateful. Isn't God admirable? Yes. For what he has done, the sacrifice that he made. So he said, if there's anything excellent of Worthy praise. <laughs> this thing is talking about God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You better fix your focus. Yeah. Is the message clear? Yeah. I, I, I can sit down now. Hey, amen, because I'm tired of standing, number one. <laughs> and understand something, brothers and sisters. Look here. The Lord, the message of the Lord goes forth to you for you to understand what God is saying to you 
and how you apply that stuff that God is saying to you, it will help you develop a better relationship with God. It will help you continue to grow and for you to be ready when Jesus comes. That you will be fit and fixed for God's kingdom. But if you do the opposite where you can just hear the word, but you're not doers of the word, the Bible says you are fools. So I'll just leave you with this final thought. Fix your focus. Thank you, Elder McCray, for that beautiful message. The Bible says, set your affections on things above. Those that keep their minds stayed on him, he'll keep you in perfect peace. And if the Lord has spoken to your heart today, you're saying, Lord, I want to fix my focus. I kind of got kind of rearranged in my head. I kind of lost focus, but I want to get my focus back on you. I want you to stand with me this morning. Thank you, Elder, for that powerful message. Amen. Amen. And we would be remiss if we did not open up the doors of the church. Every Sabbath, we want to give somebody an opportunity to go down in a watery grave. You want to make heaven your choice. We're going to have a big baptism here in a few weeks. You want to go down, be in that number. We give you an opportunity. Just let it be known by lifting your hands. Say, I want to be in that number, that next group that goes down, because you may not be here next week. That's right. Tomorrow's not promised. Today, when you hear his voice, pardon not your heart. Father God, we're so thankful for this message today, this sobering message, Father, to fix our focus on you. We pray, Lord, that every heart, Lord, is sealed, Lord, that we want to be caught up when you come back, Lord, to say, Lord, this is our God. You have come. You have saved us, Lord. Now, to the only wise God be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. And the church said together, amen and amen.